For more information on how you can be challenged for the purpose of change, visit us at patmosreality.com. Welcome back to the Patmos Podcast. Uh, so thankful to be in the studio with dancing Zach Patterson. Dancing? Ooh. Yeah, he's doing a little bali bali back there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Adonis true. Reeves is here with us. Hey, guys. And Ian Brockway. Hello. Uh, <laughs> my name is Chet, and it's good to be with you guys. Hello, Why guys. don't we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we are so thankful for your great grace in our heart and life, and we pray that as you know us and you search us, that what you will find in us is faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're continuing our series as we study the seven churches, uh, taking a look at some practical examples that we can learn from these churches. Uh, we're in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I'll make them, I'll make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you've kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who is near to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, wow. this is called the faithful, and I want to say the faith-filled church for, for a reason. Yeah, they are operating in faith. They are acting in faith. They are choosing faith. He says, look, I got the keys. Ain't no one going to open or shut a door. I've got the keys. <laughs> this that. is a church where he announces himself as to who they believe Jesus is, mm-hmm. that he is a faithful God, and there's nothing that's impossible with God. That is our faith, you guys. Our faith is that we serve a God who says all things are possible. With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And the truth is, are we going to choose to believe like this church? Yeah, and I mean, the question I asked myself, do I choose to live this way? When Mm. people see me, do they see this? You notice there's no exhortation at all. Mm. There's no like, here's what you've done wrong. This is a church that's choosing to live by faith, and faith pleases God. That's what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith pleases him. Faith in what, Pastor Chet? Faith in him. That he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. That he is. That he is God. Remember how he defined himself to Moses. I am who I am. I am every bit of who I am. And every bit of who I am is eternal and sovereign and king and Lord. This is a church that believed this. Amen. No matter what their circumstances, it seemed like. Well, let's talk about faith a little bit because I think we need to understand this because our heart's desire, like what you said, Adonis, is to become this church. When people look at us, we want them to see a faith-filled person. So what are some thoughts on faith? Well, one of the things that is consistent through the churches in this exhortation or encouragement is works 
Mm. And James says in, in James 2.26 that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith it's without works is dead also. And so there's definitely a connection between how we live our lives and the things that we do and choose to invest ourselves in and our faith. Like I'm sitting in a chair right now. I believe in this chair. I didn't test the chair. I didn't ask the chair, can it hold me? All I did was I came and I had faith in it and I sat down because I believed in the chair. Sometimes I wonder when I'm asking God questions like, do you really know what's going on? Do you, you know, really, you know, and it affects the way that I work for him. I, do I just simply operate in faith and do whatever he asked me to do? Or do I, are you sure? Is that the best way for me? It doesn't look like, think about it. Yeah. And to think that you have faith in a chair and not you, but no, all I, of us. I gotcha. You, you have mm-hmm. faith in a chair, but we struggle to have faith in the God who created us. Absolutely. Well, take a look at what he says. He says, you've got little strength. You've kept my word. I think that defines our faith. If we really believe in God, we will keep his word. Mm. Listen, remember what he said? If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, our love and faith, they go hand in hand. Those are the three words that remain, faith, hope, and love. Those Those three words are the three words that remain for us. He says, you've kept my word. So there's an avenue here where I go, you know what? I'm going to choose to obey because I believe in God. Yeah, I love the verse in um, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I've, and, and the fight that we're talking about is the fight of faith. Now, yes. am I willing to fight? And why do I have to fight, Adonis? Oh, gosh. No, seriously, I'm, yeah. it's a good question. Why does this have to be a fight? Why isn't it just easy to live by faith? The enemy is out to destroy us. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. Yeah, and I think we have also our flesh. Our flesh is against us. It always wants to raise up and choose to win the fight of faith. Yes. First John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. You know, that blows my mind. We know that we have victory when we choose to live by faith. Yeah. We know it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in people's lives. We've watched it in display, and even at our church. How many people's lives have been radically changed because of faith? Yes. We watch this kind of victory, and then we make faithless decisions. We, we make decisions that don't honor God. We make decisions that are in our own flesh, but yet we know that faith is victory. There's just that, that element of faith that is fearful because we can't see or touch or smell it or grab hold of it. And... I think it develops a fear sometimes. You know, it's funny because I think that fear is the exact opposite of faith. I was talking to someone yesterday and we were talking about decisions that are made on fear and decisions that are made in faith. Faith Faith-filled decisions lead to life. Fear-filled decisions lead to bondage. And maybe someone's in the middle of of feeling that bondage and maybe it's an opportunity to start making decisions of faith. What are some other things of faith, our faith? How can I look like a faith-filled person? I think it's hearing the word and doing the word. It's, it's, it's so simple. It comes down to seeing something in the word, like you need to have integrity and actually having integrity. You need to have self-control and you need to be, be self-controlled. self-controlled. Like it's just, You need to do what the word says. And I think that we so often look for that big step of faith, like well, I'm going to go to Africa or I'm going to do this or that, but we forget that. There's faith in being obedient to the little things. And 
our biggest tool is our lives and people are watching our lives and when our lives are lining up with the word that's a step of faith and that step of faith what the world sees is someone that really believes in what they say they believe in because their life's a reflection of it like zach said faith without works is dead so that witness does more than we realize. Obedience has more impact than we realize, but so does disobedience. Oh, and yeah. you're bringing up a lot of points. The first one uh, we were talking about is being faithful in the little things. Think of the, the parable of the talents. And so one, five, and 10, you know, am I going to be faithful with what has been given to me? And the one that chose not to be faithful and wise, that one was chastised heavily by the Lord for hiding that talent underneath, uh, uh, hiding it so that no one could find it. It didn't produce any interest. He was on his own with a strong exhortation from the Lord. And he lived in yeah. fear, like you said, yep. he hit it. Exactly. He, yeah. he absolutely, and that's a really good point. He chose to live in fear instead of to operate by faith. But you said something else. Mm-hmm. Our life displays this faith-filled existence. So if I'm not displaying faith and I say I'm a person of faith, then I'm playing the hypocrite. Everybody knows it too. It's it's so obvious. That yeah. you're choosing to be, live in fear instead of walking by faith. Yeah. And I think it's important too not to live on the faith of yesteryear, but continue to take steps of faith yeah. in your life. That it's mm. not just one, I did five years ago and this well, is where I've been. And you know, that like, was another point that Ian brought up because there is that period where we come to our life where God is going to give us direction on our life. And there will be a a big step of faith, and maybe it will be a step to Africa or a step to Saudi Arabia or some action of faith. But if we've not been faithful in the little things, how are we going to take a leap of faith when we've not practiced small little jumps? Yeah, all these little, little things that God's asking us to do require faith, and those things are preparing us for that big jump. Yeah, exactly. I think, too, Ann, you had a good point about just um, how others are watching. Others recognize faith. Mm-hmm. Though we may struggle with it, I believe that the world sees it. They recognize it. Yeah. I um this, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, I quit working um for the Walt Disney Company and actually took my step of faith to come to Patmos. Went back to California and came back um, to work and serve here in Florida. But I've been called back to Disney a few times to do some events, and the first thing they ask is are you still like in the church doing the God thing? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that, that's what they remember. I left because of my faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you're and pe- they remember, it. yeah, and it's been years now. Yeah, I experience it a lot too whenever I go home or even like right now, one of my best friends is in Patmos being discipled and we grew up together. We, we lived in the world together. And whenever I got done with Patmos, I went home and I talked to him and he came and I taught at a youth group at one of the churches there. And he came and he called me probably four months later after I had, he had hung out with me in my teaching. And he was like, dude, like, and this is all glory to God. I'm not trying to glorify myself, but he's like, man, I watched your life and I saw the change in your life. And he's like, dude, if you can do it, I can do it. And we don't realize what <laughs> being obedient and being, Zach's laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Such but being obedient, what the impact it has on other the people around us, yeah, it really does. So in <laughs> verse eight, I think in verse nine, we've got a real clear distinction between black and white and truth and lie. Listen, he says, "You've not denied my name." And then verse nine, indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. Let me explain something. Jesus has defined faith, not us. 
Amen. He's made it very clear that this is what faith is. And I think so oftentimes in the church, we try to make faith fit our current context. But Jesus says, look, you're in or you're out. There isn't a like struggle in between. There isn't like one foot in the world and one foot in me. They say they're this, but they're not. This is the Lord, Lord. Didn't we do all these things in your name? Didn't we heal this person? Didn't we, didn't we sing in the choir? Didn't we do all these things? But I'm going to say to him, depart from me. I never knew you. There's such a key element here for us to understand. Jesus has defined faith. That's why we're trying to help us all define what this is because we can't define it on our own. It's got to come from the word of God. I know. Everything within me wants to be able to bring faith into my understanding. And can't. You're right. It comes from God. It's from the Word. But aren't you glad that we serve a God that we can't understand? I mean, there are some things about his Word and faith that is an element that really takes faith to be able to believe. Okay, for example, go the second mile. We have the series of the Sermon on the Mount. Go the second mile. Give to someone who asks you and don't expect to return. These naturally go against our flesh. What about you've got to hate your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, and your own life also if you're going to follow after me? What about pick up your cross daily and follow me? Mm. These are some hard elements of our faith that I don't know if people want to name and claim. What about telling someone they're going to hell? Wow, man, let me tell you something. If we have just for a moment... To hold on to that, what Ian just said, you guys, there's a heaven and there's a hell. Yeah. And how irresponsible have we been in our faith not to communicate the truth that if we choose to die in our trespasses and sin, we don't go to heaven. It's a bottom line. Yeah. Well, when, when I think about faith, I'll look back and I realize I have moments of faith, and I think we all probably do that to a certain degree. It's like, okay, I got really excited about this at one point, or um, I, I made a decision to do this thing that's good, or it's godly, or it's righteous, and then it begins to fade. And I think there's there's still a difference between faith and faithful. Well, I'll tell you, that's, I think, why he says in verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere. Mm. Perseverance is a part of our faith that Jesus uh, uh, challenged us to. Remember the story where the friend goes to the friend at night, knocks on the door, but the friend won't answer the door, even though they're friends, but because of his perseverance and persistence, he answers the door. Jesus is trying to say, I want you to learn perseverance. I want you to learn persistence because perseverance is a part of our faith. In other words, if God is long-suffering, he wants to put that long-suffering character in us because that defines our faith. Yeah, and I think he gives us a complete layout in Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 9, as we look upon the forefathers who've gone before us Uh and their faith. A lot of their testimonies take perseverance. Well, you know, I, I love that Hebrews chapter 11, the first portion of it, later on around verse, uh, I don't know, 27 or so, where it says, by faith they um, brought down kingdoms, and by faith they, you know, climbed mountains, and, you know, all the, they, they got back their dead by faith, and all this list of things. And then he says, and then there were some that were sawn in half. You know, it's kind of like, it's like, wait a second, I want the faith that, like, brings down kingdoms. I don't yes. want the sawn in half. Faith, a uh, son in half faith, you know, yeah. but yet it is a part of our faith. 
These are things that may be hard for us to swallow, but Jesus is commending this church, and he says to them, like Zach, you were saying earlier, you're going to have to persevere. Yeah, it's time, like even what Zach said, is like Noah, God spoke to him, and then he didn't speak to him for what, 120 years later? Oh, it's, it was like, here, this is what I want you to do. Now I, I want you just to do it. Boat for 120 years. <laughs> now take that, th- take that thought and look at the next thing he says. Behold, I am coming quickly. So he says, I want you to persevere because he knows our perspective. But his perspective is, I'm coming quickly. Mm-hmm. Time is alpha and omega for him. He created it. And if we would choose, I think, to set our, our minds on things above, we might see this like Paul as simply light afflictions of faith. These aren't things that are meant to rock or destroy us. These are things to help us persevere and to learn this character. Yeah. And he's faithful to keep us like sharp in our faith. Mm. You know, I'm sure all of us can say, today how God is growing our faith and stretching our faith in a different way than even what he did last week. And I just, that's just such a the grace of God. Absolutely. You know, he says here in verse 11 as well, say that no one takes your crown. Paul kind of talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you remember run in such a way that you might receive the prize? Don't disqualify yourself. Don't act like, don't say, listen, I'm in the faith and then choose to live a life that doesn't support that statement. Mm-hmm. You know, was it 2 Corinthians where he says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith? There's an opportunity for all of us to take a look at our own lives and go, wait a second. Am I in the faith that I say that I'm in? And I need to examine myself to be able to determine if that's the case. And I think the best way to examine yourself is to be put in the trial, be put in the fire. What will you do? You know, I think that's how we like God test us. Like I think we might have talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We talked about God doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. And he tests us so that we know where we're at and we can see we have a realistic view of our faith and who we really are, you know? And Absolutely. Peter talks about it and he says that these fiery trials, they're producing in us precious faith. Yeah. And then at the end of his book, at the first when he's writing that first letter, he says to them, look, I know you've suffered for a while, but it's going to perfect establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's a value in this perseverance. And he says, look, you're going to receive a crown. But look what he says in verse 12. I'll make him a pillar. There's something about this perseverance in our faith that it's building in us a character to make us strong. And what does a pillar do? It stands. It stands, it firm. stands firm. And it holds something up. Yeah. And I feel... That that's one of the things that I see in my heart in life, that when God is putting me through trials, he is making me strong so that I can hold somebody else. Yeah. I think it's another way, too, that we can examine our faith or examine our lives is being able to reach out to those that we that hold us accountable, that we are transparent with and confide in and seek their counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you see? Do you see me as a faithful person or one that is easily moved and who does not stand strong in trial? Everybody wants the crown, but nobody wants the perseverance. Yeah. You know, I went on a run this morning and I had to make a decision. Am I going to do another mile? Mm. Well, nobody wants to go the next mile. And so I said to myself, I go, you know what? I want to persevere. I want to learn this character. So I went the mile and about halfway through the mile, I realized I had a bad attitude. And I'm like, I don't want to run this mile. So now I'm running the mile, but I'm not really running the mile because my heart, I've got a bad attitude. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me so clearly this morning and saying, Chet, you can run this race, but I'm concerned about the way that you run it. Yeah. So yeah. 
you've got to have someone in your life, Adonis, that what you're saying, that's looking and saying, man, you're running the race, but the way you're running it is mm-hmm. not that good. Yeah. Or it is that good. Right. And, and taking that initiative to also ask them, because I have, I have people in my life who will keep me accountable, but I don't always... I don't always go to them and say, hey, what do you see? Like, what are you seeing in my life? And I'll too often just sit back and it's like, well, if they come to me, they come to me, but I'm, I don't need to initiate it. And I think that's, it's huge. It's like, if I want to run the race well, mm-hmm. I'm going to take initiative and I'm going to go to those people and say, hey, where do you see me going astray? Well, I'll tell you, man, what we're talking about, it sounds more to me like God's called us to be warriors, not Christians. <laughs> Someone asked me just the other day, or they told me, you're a king's princess. And I was like, I don't want to be no princess. I want to be a ninja. <laughs> Excuse me, my name is Xena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I'm a princess, I'm a warrior princess. I told them, I don't want to be a princess. I want to be a ninja. <laughs> you know, it's so true. I mean, listen to what we're talking about. None of this sounds easy to me. Yeah. None of this sounds like, oh, okay, this is a walk in the park and we sing Kumbaya for our existence of a lifetime. (laughs) You know, it sounds like we're in a battle and a lot of the battle is us internally, but we've got to make some choices. Yeah. And it talks about standing firm in the faith in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men and women who are strong and are courageous. You know, this was a chant in your Patmos, wasn't it? Of this verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. <laughs> be strong. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little hip-hop going on inside oh, the studios today. You know, it's true. Watch. Stand fast in the faith because every wave and billow is going to do its best to try to knock you down. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about being the faith-filled church. Let's pull out some real quick practicals of what we've talked about in order to help people be this person of faith. What are some things that we can encourage some uh, some people with to be faith-filled? I think the most simple is in the gospel when Jesus is talking about the house built on the rock and the house built on the sand. Mm -hmm. He says the man that hears and does his word, his house will be strong and stand in the storm. But the man that doesn't do the word, his his house is going to be built on a bad foundation, the sand, and it's going to fall. Okay, so making a decision to do the word that we know. What's another one? I would say not fear. There's um, 1 Corinthians 2, 5, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom or mm. our own understanding, but on God's power. Mm. And it's moving forth in in faith and not on in fear. Absolutely. Or even man's wisdom. Absolutely. I think the, the we've talked about this, the, the fact that uh, the opposite of faith is fear, and fear leads us to bondage, but yeah. faith moves us in power. Zach, what would you say? What's a, a, a good one for someone to take home and say, I'm going to put this into practice? For me, it's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm living off of old faith. I'm living off of things of the past. If I'm failing to get into the Word today, I need that fresh Word today. Amen. Amen. And then I would add to it, mine would be walk, choose to walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by sight. We, we walk by faith. And here's what that, mean, that means for me. There are going to be decisions where I'm going to be moving forward blinded. Not in your knowledge. I'm going to have no idea. I don't know where it's going to lead, but my choice of obedience is going to lead to life and it's going to lead to peace. And though I don't understand, I serve the God who does understand. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you'll be challenged to change and others will give you the commendation like this church to be the faith-filled church.
of the living God. God bless you until next time. Thank you for your support and generous donations. And if you feel led to invest and give, you can do so at patmosreality.com forward slash give.